in this episode, which is our first episode of this podcast. We're going to be... Inaugural. Yeah, we're going to be talking about... It's going to be a three-part uh, podcast, actually, the first three episodes, where we're going to discuss the spirit of the age, which is a topic on a sermon series that we're actually going to be doing in a few weeks. But as for you listeners, it will already be up on our website and on YouTube. And you can check that out uh, whenever you have time to do that. But nice. this episode, we're just going to talk about the brief discussion on eschatology, because that's what the spirit of the age is about. And we're going to dive into that. Uh, but first, I just want to talk about um, what this podcast is for. Um and just give you guys a little insight to that. So what, why are we doing this podcast, Jeff? I think uh, you're Andrew. I'm Jeff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, felt like so often there's more to dig into on a Sunday that, you know, we just don't have time to do or people don't have attention spans to do. And, and uh, you know, gone are the days of the Sunday night service where you can yeah. have additional uh, time to share or preach or teach or whatever. Um, and you know, so we have great connect groups at our church and things like that, but felt like focusing a little bit more on what, what do we do with this? You know, uh, what are the deeper things that we talked about Sunday or, you know, if they're not deeper things that just, we didn't have time to get to, there's, a, right. you know, there's always passages of scripture or, or nuance in the scripture that you can't really unpack on Sunday morning to a large degree because it just takes you right down a rabbit hole. And right. I'm already really right. good at rabbit holes. Yeah, you do that already. I'm awesome at that. <laughs> uh, so we thought, man, how can we help equip people, you know, to live beyond Sunday in their faith, um, yeah. growing uh, in their knowledge? You know, the Bible's clear that we should grow, continue to grow in our knowledge of God, mm-hmm. not just our our experience of God. And, uh, you know, it's like the, all the denominations out there, Pentecostals traditionally have been great at experience yeah. and other denominations have been great at knowledge. Right. And I'm just of the opinion, and certainly that's not exclusive. Like, uh, there are, there are, uh, churches and groups that do both. And, and, and I guess in my heart, I want us to do both. I don't think we should have knowledge of God without experience yeah. because then we become Pharisees. We become legalistic mm-hmm. and we become uh, regimented more so, but you also can't have uh, just experience without knowledge because then you come become, you know, cuckoo for yeah, cocoa right. puffs, right? <laughs> yeah. When you don't base the experience you have on the knowledge. So yeah. I, I, I anticipate this podcast being, you know, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, you and I just kind of talking through, you know, things that are important to people and yeah. it, the people want to know. I, I love how um, in the Bible there are groups of people that knew the times, they knew the seasons, right. they knew, you know, where they lived. Certainly the Lord spoke through prophets and, and teachers through the, through the centuries to warn people, to prepare people, to get them ready for what was coming and, you know, obviously we're in this uh, Spirit of the Age series, so that's kind of the, the genre that we're right, in right now. Right. Alex Trebek would have been <laughs> proud of that genre. Uh, but anyway, uh, and so I think, you know, that's interesting that we're in that place. I want our people and really any Christian to be ready. There's so much, um, I don't know, there's so much, I was going to say confluence, but I don't yeah. know if that's the right word. But there's so much out there about, being ready in the end times, you know, since yeah. I was a kid, people talking about uh, the end times and there's always a new book that comes out telling us how, you know, I, I was, I was reading earlier today about uh, the, if you remember the, the uh, craziness of 2012 
and how everybody was worried on December oh, yeah. 21st the world was going to yep. end in 2012. For I sure. mean, they made a whole movie about My, it. Mayan calendar. Yeah, there was like a blo- yeah, like it was a blockbuster. And so you know, but that, I mean, that's certainly like down the list. Yeah, you can go all the way back to Nostradamus or Damus, however you say his name, yeah. who predicted things like. So anyway, you know, I want people to be aware of the times. I want yeah. them to be equipped. I don't know that I'm obsessed with prophecy uh, the way that, like my grandfather, he had a chart, right? like a 35-foot yeah. chart. Some of, some of our older people remember, but yeah. he had a chart that went across the whole platform that just went through wow. the timeline of eschatology, you know, the the, the rapture of the church and then everything yep. that was going to happen. And, you know, John Hagee's kind of cut from that cloth, and he talks about that a lot, certainly focusing on Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I digress. I just yeah. want people to be equipped. I, I, my heart is that they would know the Lord uh, in experience, and I want our Sunday morning gatherings, I want our connect groups, and really just any time we get together, whatever groups get together, to have those experiences with God, but I want there to be knowledge of God. I want there to be yeah. an understanding of who he is and what he has planned. There's a lot revealed in scripture. There certainly are mysteries, yes, but there's a lot revealed um, that we can apply to our life. So we can, I don't want anybody to be surprised right? as these things unfold. So, yeah. And I, and I think uh, another side of that, just talking about what this podcast is for is, is just finding out what, all you listeners are wanting to talk about or wanting to learn about. And yeah, you know, if you guys leave comments, we don't have an email or anything. <clears throat> we don't have an email for the podcast yet, but if you leave comments on YouTube or, you know, send, submit, uh, you know, a, a email or something to the church office, just giving us ideas of what you want us to yeah. cover and what you want us to talk about. We have some ideas on the, on the list, but, um, Ultimately, that's part of what we want to do with this podcast as well is answer some questions that are common for everyone out there and not just about eschatology, but that's what we're talking about here for sure. The first three episodes. So, um, yeah, that's that's what this podcast is for. And uh, and it, today we're going to jump into eschatology. So let's, let's just let's let's dive head in. Man, this is this is hot. You know, it's hot. And it <laughs> has always been, I think. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought it was interesting. The first century church truly believe Jesus was going to come back within their lifetime. I mean, I believe yeah. that the apostles believed that Jesus would return before they died or, you know, in, in short succession, he was not right. going to be gone 2000 years. Nope. And here we are still waiting for Jesus to return. Uh, so speaking of that, you know, I, I think that most um, eschatology begins with an understanding of the rapture of the church uh, so we'll just talk about that for a few minutes, and we'll then we'll go into some other things that, yeah. that happen. But you know, the rapture of the church is is talked about. Paul talks about it in First Thessalonians. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So it's interesting because uh, what I what I'll point out is the Lord at the rapture of the church. If you if you read that does not come to the earth. Mm-hmm. He does not set foot on the earth. So a lot of people get the rapture of the church and the second coming second of Christ coming, yeah. confused. Right. Uh, and the second coming is when Jesus comes uh, with the army of heaven yep. to fight the battle of Armageddon, liberate Israel, defeat the enemies of darkness, etc. Right. That is subsequent or, or following the rapture of the church. So then, you know, 
this, this idea that we'll be snatched away with the Lord. We'll meet the Lord in the air, uh, and then we'll forever be with the Lord. So the, the church has been round and round about this so many times yeah. for so many years. Um, you know, there's even a, um, and I want to say this because I want people to know, but there's there's a group of folks that are mostly in younger generations now that are sort of rejecting rapture theology. They're, yeah. they're saying that the rapture is a modern invention of the church that really uh, was only, has only been around about, about 200 years, not quite 200 years, um, came out of the mid-1800s. Uh, and... And so there's this sort of rejection. Well, the rapture is not ever going to really happen. And I think if you get confused with what the second coming of Jesus is and what the Bible tells us is the rapture is, certainly that can that could be the case. I yeah, can see right. where people would be confused. But I believe that the rapture is a real event that is yet to happen. Uh, Paul tells us again, don't be deceived uh, by people that tell you Jesus has already come back. Mm-hmm. Um we know because of the, where the world is and the prophetic al- alignment that Jesus hasn't yet come back. Uh, so if you believe in the rapture, and I, I would say the vast majority of Christians still do believe in the rapture, then the question is, when does the rapture happen? <laughs> yeah, that's the question that everyone wants to know. They want to know. Million and, dollar question. I, you know, people made a lot of money predicting yeah. when the rapture would happen yeah, right. in some ways. And don't be offended by this, but in some ways, Christians are, are really dumb. And, <laughs> and, you know, because we chase the latest and greatest yeah. uh, book from the the newest prophetic revelation right. or whatever. And, and I, th- okay, so I think, I'll go, I'll say it this way. I think that Christians have this. We're fascinated with people, human, human, humans are fascinated with mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. Like I watch Josh Gates and Expedition Unknown every single week because yeah. I'm fascinated with the mystery. He right. never finds anything, <laughs> never solves any problems, but it's fascinating because I don't know about aliens right. or I don't right. know about pirate loot, you know, yeah. or whatever. And I think, so I think people that don't, there's, there's this idea that the Bible has secret knowledge that mm-hmm. is only revealed to certain people. Right. And I think the, really the only place we see that is Daniel. Yeah. Where the Lord gives Daniel um, some scenes, some ideas of the end, and he says, seal it up. Don't don't release it. Don't write it. Seal it up and to be revealed later. Many be- people believe that the revealed later is actually what John wrote in Revelation. Yeah. That what Daniel saw are the visions and the and the dreams and whatever it is that John experienced writing the book of Revelation. So if that is true, then the Lord did reveal later right. what he told Daniel. Yep. You know, how whenever whatever year that was. So when is the rapture going to happen? Well, people have been predicting this forever. Uh, and there's basically three positions. There's a pre-trib rapture. That's the official uh, position of the assemblies of God. Yes, I is. need to say that <laughs> as an assemblies of God ordained yes. minister, uh, that the, that the rapture will take place prior to the beginning of what we call the tribulation yep. and the great tribulation, which are th- two, three and a half year periods. Okay. So it's a seven year period, but divided into two, three and a half year periods. And so the tribulation is the season when the world there, there are things happening, uh, there's difficult things happening in the world, and the world comes to a point of crisis where they put their trust and their belief in a single person, which we would know in biblical circles as the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, now he'll have a, 
an actual name and be a real person. Uh, and he's revealed during that three and a half year, first three and a half years, but he really takes control in the last three and a half years. And we call that the great tribulation. So you've got the tribulation yeah. and the great tribulation. So does the, does the rapture take place before the tribulation in between the tribulation and the great tribulation or at the very end? And that's called post tribulation, you know, yeah. and basically post tribbers believe that the second coming of Christ and the rapture basically happened simultaneously. Right. So the church is caught up with the Lord, and the Lord's like, hey, guys, how you doing? And Let's then he, he rides right past <laughs> them on their way to heaven to go yeah. fight Armageddon. Yeah. So where do you land, Andrew? That's, Let's that's ask interesting. That question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've, I've been all over the place. I think uh, I lean toward pre-trib based off of I definitely don't think it's post-trib just off of the common, I think common sense of that. No one will know the day or the hour. And I feel like there's too many things that will come to pass during the tribulation that you could, uh, you could tell what time that would happen. You know, what time the rapture would happen at that point. So I don't think that's viable. Um, I think there's, I don't know. There's, there's things that make me feel like it could be pre-trib or, or um, mid-trib, but uh, ultimately I, I don't think it matters too much. I mean, it's, a, yeah. you know, it really depends on how you're looking at life. I think if we settle on some of those things, it causes you to not be watchful and not be yeah. waiting in the right way. And, um, yeah, so I, 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 I lean toward pre-trib, um, just probably from your, your upbringing good and, you know, that's the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that brings up like an interesting, um, aspect of of what we're talking about and and it's just the different beliefs from christians you know people yeah. in the body and so like what you know how can we approach those discussions with humility and unity because i feel like there's a lot of times it just breaks out into some arguments yeah. or you know some heated discussions that really divide the church instead of unify the church is is it even something we should be discussing if it's so uh, it's such a hot topic. I mean, I, to me, it's it's when Paul talks about don't get caught up in useless arguments. Uh, this is kind of one of those useless arguments. Yeah. It, it, I think the Bible's clear. We should be aware right. of the times we Absolutely. live in and the seasons. Jesus didn't give the sermon in Matthew twenty four for us to go. That was nice yeah. and ignore it. You exactly. know, like yeah. So I think the church is expected Christians are expected to pay attention to the times, yeah. but I've always said, you know, there's no doubt in my mind as uh, there have been other seasons of time in the world where Christians who were looking for the coming of Christ were absolutely convinced he was coming yeah. because the world was in such an awful state. Right. The difference between then and now is really technology and mm -hmm. the ability to broadcast. Yeah. So, you know, the world feels ev more evil yeah, for sure. than it's ever felt. Uh, there's so much disgustingness out there. Yeah. There's so much work of the enemy out there. You can see it everywhere. Oh, absolutely. But we can see it. Yep. So you think, you know, prior to what the 1930s, 19, I mean, they say that the, the World War II was the first war broadcast, you know, it was yeah, the first right. war that people could see because could see that we had yeah. we had the ability to do that. Well, prior to that, we did not. So time and and, and information traveled much slower. Yeah. And nowadays, that's not the case. So I say that to say this. I think that right there, the, the speed with which information travels 
and you know how you can know right now really if we google it we can know right now like what's going on in vietnam today or right. what's going on in shanghai today or whatever uh that right there is an indicator to me that we're close to the coming of christ yep um whether, but to argue about it or to get stuck on it, you know, I have, right, a, I have a right. good friend in our church. I love this person deeply and they're very much post trip. Mm-hmm. We, and we mostly joke a lot about, uh, you know, po- being post trip or mid trip or preacher right. or whatever, joke around about it because it's not a deal breaker. Right. And it shouldn't it's, be, it shouldn't be yeah. a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a thing. So I, you know, I think Jesus is clear, like, listen, pay attention yeah. What's the biggest, I would say the, the greatest command of Christ that he gave us as we look forward to his return. He said this, he said, make sure you occupy yeah. until I come. Right. Occupy. What does that mean? Well, it definitely means don't get stuck in, in your interior little religious churchy moment right. and ex- be exclusive, but be in the world, occupy the world. You know, don't be, what did he say? Be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And I influence having, yeah, yeah, have influence. Um, you can't occupy the world and have influence if you're caught up in worrying about blood moons and harbingers and, you know, those things are interesting and kind of, and fascinating. And there's nothing wrong with looking into nothing wrong with nothing at all. I I agree um, with that. Nothing at all, but don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck on it. And certainly don't let it be a divider. Right. It's not worth it to be a, at the end of the day, if you live your life occupying the world and you live your life in such a way that if Jesus came back, right, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib, it doesn't really matter. You're ready. Yeah. You're ready. Yep. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing to me is that Christians live ready. And you know, frankly, a lot of Christians today that I see in the Western church are not looking for Christ. Yeah. They're, they're living their life. Uh, and, you know, I certainly have, I, I'm sure you and I would both say there have been seasons and times when we've been guilty of that, where we've been, yeah. we've been so right. preoccupied with something else in our life that we've not lived in such a way that was expecting, anticipating, yeah. eager for the return of Jesus. Yeah. And I, I just, in, in some ways, I believe that's the point of the tribulation, the first three and a half years, mm-hmm. is I believe that's when we will see a turning of the hearts of Christians really strongly back to Christ and the return of Jesus, Yeah, um, because we'll be yearning for him to come. The world will, will take on such a form, and I think we're seeing some of this now. I really right. do in our world. Maybe we're in the tribulation right now i don't know that we will know it let me say let me say one since i said that let me say this uh how will you know there are two ways we know that we have turned the corner from the tribulation to the great tribulation there are two ways we know so one paul tells us that the antichrist will move into the temple of god Mm -hmm. the temple in jerusalem and set himself up as god he will claim to be you know god that's an indicator of yeah. the beginning of the Great Tribulation. But there's another indicator, actually two more indicators. One, in order for him to go into the temple, a temple has to be built. Yeah, right. So at some point here, there will be a temple rebuilt on the Temple Mount. Uh, so how is that going to happen? I don't know if you know much about Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, but, you know, like uh, the Muslims well, have yeah, half of it. The Dome of the Rock is on The it. Dome of the Rock is there, yeah. which is where Muhammad met the Lord, yeah. also believed to be the rock that Abraham uh, potentially sacrificed Isaac. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot right. there. 
Um, and right now there's no possible way the temple could be rebuilt. Right. So that means there's another indicator that will happen sometimes toward the end of the tribulation. And I believe that the way the Antichrist will come to power is he will, along with the false prophet, negotiate a peace treaty between yeah. Israel and her enemies so that the temple can be rebuilt. Right. So th- so look, looking for those things, to me, is a great indicator that, that you're moving towards the rapture and from the tribulation into the great tribulation. Um, those are things Christians could look for. I would not suggest you wait until that moment. Yeah. To go, oh, maybe I should occupy instead of being preoccupied. Yeah, right. Maybe I should be ready for God uh, to come back. I, I think that we have to do that now because the reality is, while I do believe those things will happen pre-rapture, if you're a pre-tribber, you don't believe those things will happen pre, pre-rapture. pre You believe those will happen post-rapture. Right. Um, so I think you've got to re- recognize we don't really know <laughs> right. for sure. And so there's no, why, why mess around with it? I've been saying this for several weeks now. Now's not the time to play games with the, your faith. Yeah. Um, because the Bible is very clear. Jesus will come like a thief when you're not expecting right. him. Well, and that's, you know, this kind of is diving into what we're going to be talking about in the second episode. Um, just the, you know, the turning away of a lot of Christians, the yeah. apostasy. And, yeah. um, you know, I think in this time, in the end, <clears throat> excuse me, in the end times, you're going to have that. And it's not going to be an instant like, all right, I'm deciding right now I'm not following Christ. It's going to be a, a frog in a pot, to boiling pot type of thing. It's yep. going to slowly build. Yep. And if you're not occupying, if you're not in that place of yearning for the return of Christ, you're going to be found on the opposite side because you're not going to be ready. And you're going to be lulled into a position where you're not um you know, you're not you're not going to be there. You're not going to understand what's going on. Um, it, it, it's <laughs> do you remember? You probably don't remember, but in the '70s there was a movie that came out about the rapture called "The Thief in the Night," and it was freaky, man. Like, yeah, I never seen like, it. Like, like, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but it was like uh, the rapture happened, and you know, all these families, half the family disappeared. There are all these. I mean, it was all these things happened. And it to a kid at that maybe it came out in the eighties I don't remember but I was a kid I remember watching it in church like we showed it on a Sunday night in church, and it was it was terrifying mm-hmm. to think so many of these people uh, that they showed sort of vignettes of their life went to church they had a form of godliness they you know as I've been saying nibbled around the edges of the things of God they they participated some maybe they paid tithe maybe they were in a yeah. connect group maybe they serve somewhere you know once a month or 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 whatever but when it came down to actually knowing christ they didn't know him right and when the rapture took place in this movie i mean uh they didn't they didn't go yeah so this brings up an interesting caveat here uh if you know true christians are going to go in the rapture they're going to be raptured by the lord and meet the lord in the air what about people that have the form of godliness have nibbled around the edges. They know enough to know when this happens, they'll know what happened. They will know this was, this was the rapture of the church. Right. Are those people redeemable, savable after the rapture? Like yes. I've always, I've always wondered this. Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Why do you think so? I don't know. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> I, I disagree I, with you. I don't know. I, I just think that there's <sighs> a lot of grace. Yeah, I think there's a lot of grace in it. Um, you know, I feel like it, just living through that time period anyway is going to be traumatic and it's going to be hard for someone. I think it'd be really, really, really difficult. Even if you have nibbled around, I think it'd be really difficult to not fall for the pitfalls of what the antichrist and what is going to go on. And even though you know it, if you haven't fully, you know, if you're not fully living for Christ, I think there's going to be, I don't know. I just think the enemy is going to strike hard during that time. And it's going to be really hard to keep that faith yeah. through the, through that time. But yeah. I think it, I think it'll be possible because I think there's grace for that. I, I definitely think the Holy Spirit's still in the world. The Bible's very clear in Revelation there'll be a great multitude saved right. saved out of the tribulation. Yep. So I have two two thoughts on this. One because I don't want again I don't want I don't want people to feel like there's a safety net. Right. You know like ah, mm. I don't have to worry about it, you know, right. if the rapture happens and I'm out, you know, doing my thing, then I'll just I'll just get right with God yeah. once I recognize that yeah. the rapture happened, and I think that that's a really dangerous way to think about Absolutely. life because I'm not sure that. In other words, at the, on the day of judgment, we and many people know this verse. So on the day of judgment, there are people that come to Christ and they say, "Yeah, hey Lord, in your name, yeah, I did all this. We did all these things. Yep. So we we lived this pseudo Christian life. Yeah." But the Lord says to them, I don't, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And I, I've always wondered, who are those people? Who are those? Obviously, you know, we say, well, they're lukewarm or they're right. living a false gospel or whatever. But who are those people? Part of me wonders if they're people who were in the church and part of the church, but their hearts were far from God. You know, it's like the Old Testament Jews, you know, they honored him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. Right. And part of me has always wondered, are those people, the people that were in the, you know, they'll show up for church on Sunday morning after the rapture thinking, and they won't be alone. There'll be other people yeah, who come. For sure. But for them, salvation has become impossible because they didn't know the Lord. So who's saved out of the tribulation? Primarily Jews are saved yeah, out of the tribulation. I, yeah, I would say that. Primarily yeah. Jews are, and they're martyred. Many of them are martyred. So we know the Holy Spirit yeah. remains in the world for a season during the tribulation, right. and many of those people are martyred. I don't and, know for sure. Well, and I don't I don't either, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. I feel like the, I, I have a hard time believing that if you, if the let's say the rapture did happen pre or mid, trip, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I have a hard time believing if you were a nibbler or if you were a quote unquote Christian uh, and you did not get raptured and you were kind of left behind, if you will, I have a hard time that thinking that you will notice that. Mm. Like, I feel like, like obviously the rapture in and of itself is going to be a crazy thing. Um, but I think that the term Christianity for me, I think the term Christianity and what it looks like to be Christian is going to be hijacked just like almost mm -hmm. every other term that we've seen. In, it's in already culture. starting and it's already, it's already happening yeah. and you're already, and you kind of talked about that, which, you know, it would have been weeks ago as this podcast comes out, but you talked about it yesterday, uh, just about different, different leaders in the church and different pastors that are not, not actually preaching a true gospel. It's a yeah. completely fake, uh, gospel. And that's, <clears throat> That's really where I think it's going to go is that there's going to be uh, what it means to be Christian is going to be complete opposite of what it actually means to be Christian. And so you're going to, if you aren't a true believer, if you're not a true follower of Christ, you, I think it'll be very, like I said, it'll be very difficult for you to, 
to do a 180 from what uh, you think is reality and it's not. And, yeah. and even the rapture, I don't think will will do that. So I, I, think ha- I have no doubts. Whatever form of the church is left after the rapture will explain it away. Oh yeah. And theologic theologically try to yep. help people go, Oh, that wasn't what we thought yeah, it was, right. you know, or whatever. It, it won't so, be because it'll be, you might yeah, be right. Be totally twisted. So the I, deception will be very high. It will. And, yeah. and so that's why I think, I think that it, it, there's probably still possibilities. I can't say for sure that it's not possible that someone couldn't be saved that knew of yeah. Christ and, and try to either. be a Christian. But I, do I, I do think if you are not, actually following Christ and dedicated to that, it's going to be really hard for you to get through all of it and, and make that choice. I, I it's think going to be justified. To and you. I think that's the danger of saying, ah, you know, using sort of the rapture as yeah, your safety right. net and thinking that you'll be able, I mean, the Bible says the deception will be so great yeah. that even the elect, the very elect yep. of God could be deceived. Right. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think, I think that's the danger. And I say that cause I don't want people to be, uh, you know, thinking that they've got a safety net in there. Well, I'll be able to tell when a billion people, two billion people disappear from the earth. Yeah. It'll be obvious to me that, that it's, but, but I don't think we, I think we underestimate the level of deception and the level of, yeah. I mean, right now, <laughs> right now, we don't even know what's true well, and not true in the world. Yeah. The, with, with the expansive technology and I mean, even we're not going to talk about AI on this, but just everything, the way right. it's going truth is is becoming more muddy by the day yep. and it will it's an exponential curve yep um so yeah it's just going to get more and more blurry yeah. on what is actual so truth. don't take the risk yeah right like don't chance yeah. it that'd be Maybe. foolish and that's yeah make sure your life is right with god and you're yeah. serving him Okay, yeah. so let's get back just to this timeline. We just got a couple of minutes left. Let's okay. finish this timeline. Yeah. So, you know, after that, then you, then you have after the rapture and the tribulation, great tribulation. The bio. Oh, I wanted to say another sign. Yeah, is the dry because this is interesting. A dr, the drying up of the Euphrates. Oh, right. Yeah, because it's happening. It's happening already, bro. It's <laughs> happening right now. Yeah, the Euphrates. If you Google it, if you look it up, the Euphrates is actually drying up. Right, that's a big deal. Because the Bible tells us that the Euphrates drying up makes a way for the vast armies of darkness right. to march into Israel. Mm-hmm. They've got to get past that river. And, the, you know, the Bible's, you know, you hear a lot about the two million man army or whatever. Um, and that the Euphrates drying up is a big is a big indicator that that's happening. It's happening yeah. right now, yeah. which is amazing. I don't yeah. know if it's ever happened before <laughs> I don't in history. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't looked at that. I haven't either. Uh, but it's happening right now, so that's interesting. So, so that's what what happened would would happen next would be the second coming of Christ when he sets the Bible says he'll set foot on the Mount of Olives, and um, and the mount the mountain will basically be split in two, and that's when he leads the armies of God. Uh, to battle the armies of darkness, and of course, you know Jesus wins the war, yeah, and uh, and defeats the armies of darkness. The blood flows high. There's a lot of of death and destruction right. yep. um, to these what I believe are demonically empowered, inspired humans. Yeah, I don't think this is an army of demons exactly, right. or right. an army of aliens or whatever. I think these are humans that have been possessed or uh, definitely influenced by darkness and by the Antichrist and the false prophet. And so they march on Jerusalem. Jesus meets them uh, to rescue Israel. uh, And that ushers in what we would call the millennial reign of Christ, which is a thousand years 
yep. that we uh, rule. The Bible says we will, those who are raptured, those who are in the kingdom, will rule and reign with Jesus on this earth, yeah. not another earth, on this earth that is sort of remade that the Lord, um, you know, we talked to, we said it yesterday in Acts chapter three, when Peter's talking to the, to the Jews in the temple after healing the man, he said that Jesus would restore all things. When he comes back, yeah. he'll restore all things. And that's what this, this reign will be. He'll restore all things, but we should expect that we will live on this earth. Yeah. And who are we going to rule and reign over? We're going to rule and reign over people that survived the great tribulation that are still around. And I believe and there's a couple of reasons I believe this. Uh, I believe that there will be people who survive and they will kind of go on with their life. I mean, it'll, it'll be a, uh, the Lord will remake the earth. And so it'll be beautiful. It'll be restored and rejuvenated and whatnot. And these people will live on the earth. We will, we will rule and reign over them. I don't have any idea how many there yeah. will be left after all that goes down. I mean, the Bible's in revelation talks about, you know, like a third of the earth dying and right. whatnot. So there's, there's some very uh, challenging thoughts there, but at the here's why I think this at the end of the thousand years, the Bible says uh, it's it's in Revelation twenty verse seven. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth to gather them for battle. So like, he's going for it again, yeah, you know. Right. And uh, who's he gonna deceive? Who's he gonna uh, draw out to fight with him? Well, he's gonna draw those people that have been living and dying yeah. and and living their life who survived the tribulation. Why is it them and not us? Because we will be at that point in glorified bodies. We will have been with the Lord and the Lord will have remade our bodies and we will we will be like the Lord, if you will, uh, not like right. equal to the right. Lord. Yeah. I don't mean it that way, but just sort of like the Lord. And so th I don't think, um, I don't believe that we will... We will know the truth. We'll know all the truth. We'll know all the things of God. And I don't believe that we will be, you know, deceivable by the enemy, certainly to any great, great degree. So who's he's got to have people to deceive. So right. he's going to deceive them. So, of course, the Lord wins that battle, too. And uh, once and for all, Satan is... And the and the false prophet Satan and his angels, his demons. And you can read Second Peter chapter two to hear a little bit about what has been planned for them from the the Bible says from the very beginning of the earth. And uh, you know, they are thrown into the lake of fire and we never hear from them again. They're they're gone, they're defeated, evil's been defeated. Uh, and so that leads to the final judgment. The final judgment, we would call this the great white throne judgment yep. where God judges uh, really the wicked. Uh, the, the Christians have already been through judgment. Uh, after the rapture of the church, we spend some time at what's called the judgment seat of Christ. And this is really where we, you know, not only are judged uh, and the Lord shows that our sins have been forgiven so we're we're found innocent of of sin uh and being separated from god but also we are rewarded mm -hmm. for the things that we've done bible says every man will be judged and you'll receive reward yeah. or 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 you know not nice things from the lord based on what you've done and even the very idle thoughts of your head uh or every idle word that you have spoken that's a big deal yeah uh so 
So that's called the judgment seat of Christ. That happens before the thousand-year reign. And so then we go to the final judgment, and this is where the, the Lord judges the wicked, uh, the living and the dead. All of them stand before God. The books are open. This is in Revelation 20 as well. Uh, and we're judged. Uh, all, all the people are judged. The sea give up their dead. Death and hell give up their dead. Uh, and every person is judged according to what they've done. And then they were thrown death it says death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire the lake of fire is the second death if anyone's name is not found in the book of life he is thrown into the lake of fire which sounds awful yep, to me it does <laughs> it sounds awful to me um but because god is a just god he is obligated to basically uh honor the choices people have made yeah. and if yep. people have made to reject god then they're going to choose their choose. So what were the choices we make right now? We are choosing eternal life to have our name in the book of life, or we're choosing to be thrown into the lake of fire. And yeah. God is a just God is going to be just yep. in those decisions. So that's called the great white throne judgment. When that is over, uh, the Bible tells us that the Lord, you know, makes a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, and you know, the heavens disappear, this earth disappears, uh, or the Lord destroys it, however it is, and he creates a new heaven and a new earth. It's in Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and there's no longer any sea. So unfortunately, you beach people, yeah. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get a beach. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven uh, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne. Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne I am make, said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Uh, so the Lord makes a new home for us and for him. And it's sort of some of that language is, is harkens back to when Israel came out of Egypt and found themselves at the mountain yeah. of God and Moses goes up on the mountain, you know, the story of the 10 commandments, but anyway, Moses goes to the mountain and he tells the people, make yourself ready because yeah. I'm going to come down. And, and I, you know, there's this idea that in that day, God's intention then was to come down and be with his people. But they said, no, please yeah. don't come. We're stu we're too afraid of we're you. Afraid of you. And it set into motion the rest of human history. Well, this is where that desire from the Lord finally is is fulfilled uh, at the at the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem that comes down. So, from that moment, then we we uh, live with the Lord and we're with Him. Yeah, and that's a that's going to be a great that's, day. You know, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> so, I, let me just end with with a couple of thoughts. Yeah. For for everybody, uh, what what do we do? What do we need to do? What do, what kind of life should we live? Well, keep your head clear, be sober in your thought, commit to know the word of God, yeah. know when you live. Keep your head clear, keep your heart clean, uh, live a life of repentance and and allowing the Lord to deal with your shortcomings, your sin, your failures. Uh, keep your home open. I think there's going to be an incredible opportunity to share life with people through this process. However long we're here whether a long time or whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, whatever, uh, I think that the community of believers is going to be a powerful opportunity. 
um, to share our faith and to have people uh, meet the Lord. Uh, keep your hands busy. Stay involved in the kingdom. It's, it's that idea of occupying. Keep plowing. Keep planting seed. Keep watering seed. Even when we don't see harvest, keep it going. And then last, keep your mouth speaking the truth. Uh, don't be afraid to say the things of God. Don't be, you know, and, and of all the times in the world right now when Christians need to have a, a voice of truth, it's now. Yeah. It's now. Sure. And, uh, you know, with so much deception out there and so many things we don't understand uh, or see coming along along the pipe. And we already talked about the confusion that's out there, which is the spirit of the age. Yep. Is confusion. Um, <clears throat> we need to be bold to speak the word of God, the truth of God in love. Yeah. Uh, but love doesn't mean we agree it, with it. That's, yeah, that's a, just a little a point that I think it's um, misunderstood by Christians in this current hour that we yep. live in. And yep. it's it's speaking the truth in love, but it's not the love that culture is saying. Correct. Just the truth will not come across as love to them yep. if their definition of love is totally different. Which is why we're being persecuted. Exactly. And it's honestly, I think it's why the church has been too quiet and too on the sideline in the last decade or two. Yep. Because we're, we're, when we do speak up in truth and we feel like we're being loving, we are, are looked at and told we're not. Yep. And we're not being loving because it's based off of what culture's view of love is. And so you have to understand, you have to know what love is to God and know what your heart is saying when you're speaking that truth. That's all that matters when it's speaking it in love. Yep. They're not going to react like you're loving them. Yep. They're just not, especially and, if you're speaking, speaking a hard truth. And that's what... Pastor Michael says all the time, you know, we're not responsible for outcomes. We can't cause people to be saved or choose right. Christ or, or whatever. We are responsible to say the things in love and in truth that need to be said. Yeah. And I, you know, I wrestle with this a lot uh, when it comes to speaking from, from our pulpit. Right. Is what, what do we say? How, how far do we tell the truth uh, yeah. in that context? I do think love comes better through relationship. Yeah, for um, sure. When you're trying to help somebody navigate a difficult thing, um, you know, such as homosexuality or right. gender identity or things like those seem to be the hot things right now, or right. even racial inequality and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're facing those things right now and there's a lot of garbage out there about yep. it, nonsense yep. out there about it. Uh, and there's things that the Bible needs to help us with. Right. So, Speaking the truth, keeping your voice out there uh, in an in an appropriate way, and I, let me say it this way: in a spirit led way. Yeah, say the things the spirit gives you to say when he gives you to say them. Yep, and <laughs> reject your the own your own voice in yeah, your head, if sure. you will. Yeah, I think if we'll do that more, we'll be in better shape. Yep, there you go. Yeah, there's a brief run through the study of the end times. Yes. Yes. And in the next couple episodes, we'll dive a little bit deeper. Uh, in the next one, we'll talk about what that looks like for the United States. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, have interest in that as we live in the United States and, and then just the apostasy in the church and, uh, why it will lead to the great separation. So that's the, the next episode. And, uh, you yeah. All right. We'll see you then. Yeah.